this monstrous flesh podcast 2023 roundup where we're going to be talking about our favorite films from the last 12 months but as ever we're not very good at sticking to rules on this podcast so there are things in there that fall outside of these parameters um (laughs) but i'm meg one of your podcast hosts and as ever i'm clelia the other host of the podcast and today we're going to be talking about our five tops and five flops and five films that we could not resist talking about (laughs) even though they absolutely were not released in 2023 (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we gave ourselves a very simple task, but then the more we were talking, we were like, no, hang on, I saw some really great films this year as well that do not, that were not released this year or last year. So like, let's expand <laughs> the horizon. Let's make this, you know, let's make this um, a, a jumbo episode. <laughs> yes. And to be fair, some of these are films that we've come across as uh, reviewers. So they've been released mm-hmm. on Blu-ray exactly. this year. Uh, restoration So, you know, we have stuck to it a little bit. But exactly. do you want to begin, Clelia, with your? Shall we start with the tops? Should we start with the tops? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep the <laughs> let's keep the flops for uh, the mid section of this podcast. <laughs> There's some great ones. Um, so I mean, in, in, in no particular order, but I guess one highlight of my year. And people don't at me, don't come for me. <laughs> I don't care. I will always support a Scream release. So Scream Six yes. came out this year, and it was one of the year's highlight for me. Yes. Like I said, I don't care if people hate it. I'm a whore for the Scream franchise <laughs> and I will forever forever be I just love this reboot uh, the pairing of Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera worked super well I just I, I you know the bringing of the legacy characters and stuff I just I really loved it I don't know did you you know were you, are you uh, a, right. I, mean, I know you're a fan you're, you're yeah. yeah I am a huge Scream fan as I have mentioned mm-hmm. before on this podcast and I started the rewatch and then I had the new the Scream 5 were on <laughs> Paramount and then they took it off and so I've not been able to watch it. So I've still not seen Scream 6 because I wanted to work my way no. through chronologically. Yeah. But enough. I did review the teaser trailer um, mm. when it came out. And so this is, is this the one where it's set in New York? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, I remember reading the, your teaser review for it, actually. I think it was just as we, when you and I first met. Yeah. Remember, Meg, yeah. when you first met? <laughs> And I was stalking, stalking you online and like reading your reviews. And um, yeah, no, no. And I remember getting super excited for it because I was like, you sound like you get it. Like, yeah. you know, you get it. You love it. Yeah. And I mean, I do think, and I don't blame the franchise necessarily for this, but I do think the mm. way that they've treated Neve Campbell is fucking appalling. It is. And if sure. she were, you know, if she were a man in a franchise, it would not have been the same thing. And so I totally understand their reasons for saying shove it up your ass Mm -hmm. um but i do think that it is the the legacy of it 
as a as you know it cannot be denied as as a re you know the way that it reinvigorated slashers the postmodern slasher the way that it they're always entertaining <laughs> they're always exactly. so entertaining like i don't care like sketchy the motivations of the killer or killers are yeah. so it, it gets like more and more ridiculous with each, with each passing <laughs> film but you know it's a scooby-doo film yes. so it's like you know it's as ridiculous as it gets for sure and i totally agree with what you're saying in terms of the production of these films you know all the you know what's behind it is just so disgusting i mean yeah. you know I, one of my flop and <laughs> you just to jump ahead because i'm not going to be going to mention it in the flop but i was going to say Scream 7 was going to be in one of my flop because you know everything that's happened with Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera yeah. walking you know uh, one of them being fired basically from the production and the other one walking mm. out because of them talking you know talking um, speaking out on on what they believe is the right thing to do mm. is you know another example of you know Hollywood being a shit factory basically. Well yeah <laughs> and obviously we know that original Scream series were under you know Weinstein umbrella mm-hmm. and it's it i think in horror oh we're coming out strong at it gate here aren't we <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it can be really hard to be uh, a horror fan sometimes yep because there's a lot yep. of shit that goes on around the films yeah, the that you real love. horror is uh, you know yeah. is, uh, you know behind the camera for yeah certain. and it's it's really difficult sometimes to be and that's but i mean we have seen and i think we will continue to see that people vote with the feet and people don't spend money on you yep. know like the used to that the old models changed with you know netflix and everything really revolutionizing um film production for mm-hmm. better or worse mm-hmm. and i think that you know the the increased public platform that people have um, to to see this stuff happening in real time. Like we wouldn't have known any of this were going on when Scream came out nah, because we wouldn't precisely. be able to see social media and everything else. So hopefully it changes it for better. You know that mm-hmm. people that women are treated more fairly, that people are compensated. You know all exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yes, I think a very solid first choice. So i'm not doing mine in any particular order either um but my first choice uh so i have got out of my (laughs) top five only two are from 2023 um because i were gonna go for cocaine bear for one of my tops because i loved it i know it was one of your flops i know but i loved it (laughs) it's fine i respect it (laughs) but it's one that i rewatched recently because i am currently writing about it and it's bones and all so i rewatched it last Mm, week fantastic Um, and I went to see it and I weren't sure because I'm never sure about uh, Timothy Chalamet. Is it Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> yeah, Timothy Chalamet. I'll not say what I normally call him. Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never sure about him. And I think it's one of them castings where it's like, were he cast because teenage girls like him or were he cast because he was the best person for role? But actually, when you watch the film, he's he is really good. I, I do think mm. he's he's very good. And I think the... The story of it, I mean, we all know I love a cannibal. We know I love a woman cannibal. Oh, yeah. We love it. Love it. So (laughs) I was never going to not watch it. And I think it's a very um, haunting and very beautiful love story, really, about that just happens to have cannibals in it. It is. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I know what you mean about Timothy Th- Timothy Chalamet. Even though I mean, I I'm a big apologist. I absolutely. I, I think he's. I think he's a fantastic actor, and I think he's going to develop even further in the next like 10, yeah. 15 years. He's just done Willy Wonka though. Person. Yeah, you know. I know. <laughs> Boom. I know. But but in in this particular <laughs> film, I think it could have been someone else. I mean, yeah. just, I think it's probably because her performance 
performance, the central, yeah. um, uh, the protagonist's performance is just so mind blowing. Yeah, uh, she's just so beautiful. Um, you know, in it that you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of sh- shadowed, you know, overshadowed completely. Yeah, and she's so talented. She's so magnetic. Mm-hmm. She just, I mean, there's very, there's not masses of dialogue in the film no. itself, and every, I mean, everyone in it is fantastic you know is just so you glued to it you just want to sit you just you captivated and i think as a i have a personal love for like the road movie as well the, yes, the idea definitely. of just you know crisscrossing the the enormity of the united states and everything and i think it does that really well that idea about being a rudderless nomad you just go in wherever you feel like but obviously they've got yeah. this added threat of having to keep moving um yeah and I did read the book, and in this one instance, I do think the film was better, marginally better. I didn't like the ending of the book as much as the ending of the film. Um, and I think oh, end- I did. I didn't actually know it was based on a book. So yeah, I, um- yeah. Um, I think the ending of the film as well is. I mean, there probably will be spoilers in this as well, like there is in everything. Mm-hmm. But I think the ending of the film is so poetic and beautiful as to yeah. be painful. <laughs> to be almost like for a spooky romantic ghoul like me (laughs) (laughs) no it's very affecting i totally agree i was just looking her up uh taylor taylor russell um the young actress and she hasn't done much um she's been in those escape room um that escape room film series on netflix i don't know if if you've seen oh wow Um, no i'm not but but no but hopefully i'm hoping that bones and all will you know open a lot of doors for her because she's uh she's a fantastic actor um, fantastic actor and she's absolute fringe girls in that film as well mm-hmm. the fringe yeah. is strong <laughs> <laughs> the oh, fringe deserves a mention it does. for sure um another another one of my pick um and one that i'd been you know awaiting you know for you know for a while a bit less scream as well um it was evil dead rise was oh, yes. uh, a, a huge highlight for me i actually went to see um see it on the day of its release which is not something i do like you know it's not really something i do anymore um because yeah. i'm old and i'm boring and i don't really <laughs> like to go out um, but i i yeah i just i had to you know i had to go and see it at the cinema i grinned the whole way through i absolutely love this film you can feel it was made with such love and passion Passion. I thought Lee Cronin's writing is fresh. I mean, obviously we caught, we did a whole episode on it. So yeah, you know, go and listen you, to you it know, if you've not listened you know already. Exa- exactly, <laughs> go and listen to it. We deep dive the theme of motherhood as well. That's omnipresent in the film. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just a superb retelling of you know of a franchise that people know and love. But that you know also the the original the original trilogy goes in you know in all direction. It's you know a horror comedy, and this kind of channels. You know, the, it has the right balance of horror, and you know, there's little bits of comedy. Mm. I thought it was a fantastic nod as well to the 2013 remake. Yeah, you know, it's it, yeah, it's just it, it was yeah, it was just so much fun. I absolutely adore this film. <laughs> Me too, and I was really excited to see it because um, I'd seen the uh, the 2013 um, remake. And it really, and I mean, I talk about this on uh, episode that we did, so I'll not labour the point because um, we have already covered it. But it really I found it really scary. And when I rewatched it, I realised it was because of jump scares that were like a bit too much, a bit off putting for me by end. And I think this managed like the jump scare 
slash the the practical effects which were so good and the humor and the single location which i love a single location and i loved it and i got so excited hearing our hype about it how they were uh, giving like mini cheese graters out at south by yeah. southwest and stuff and so i was like this is so fun and it was <laughs> really fun like a fun release and it's really nice yeah. to have a fun, like campy, gory, bloody horror release that don't take itself seriously, but is actually Definitely. still saying stuff that's really impactful. Um, I know yeah. it's so great. It's been a, like it's been. I was thinking in you know you were talking about the release and you know them you know handing those cheese graters yeah. and you know it's been nice. I think like it's been a, it's been a good year for you know for cinema for for horror yeah. definitely, but like for cinema in general, like, people have been excited to go back to the yeah. to the cinema this year, and that's just and it's great that horror gets to be a part of that. You know, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Exciting. And I hope it carries on because I think horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this before how horror is a very profitable but much maligned genre genre yeah. um and it don't get recognition it deserves and I, i'm really hoping that we're going to start to see a shift in that mm-hmm. yeah um but my well my next pick going slightly lighter is haunted mansion <laughs> i have not seen oh, that actually you know? <laughs> fantastic it is brilliant uh so i never saw the original um which it came out in the 80s i think um but i will i'd seen it advertised and i was like oh this is my sort of thing I like uh, like uh, special mention goes to we, is it we have a ghost or I saw a ghost on Netflix that oh uh, yes the one with David Harbour yeah the, yeah yeah, yeah so that's really good as well um, it's been a good year I think for that sort of like family friendly mm-hmm. uh, horror but I really liked Haunted Mansion and it's set in New Orleans and I love uh, New yeah, Orleans we love New Orleans <laughs> and it it really what I liked about it is even though it's it's a kids film. Um, it's dealing with all these themes about grief and loss and and suffering, really, in a way that they don't really shy away from it. At certain points, I were watching it thinking, oh, God, this is a bit raw for a, for a child's audience. Um, but casting's fantastic. I mean, um, the and they don't shy away from the, the dark history of New Orleans either. It's not a film that I think um, is, is whitewashing, essentially, which we know a lot of films do, particularly, I think, Disney films. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, nice, nice surprise for a Disney release. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Um, and it were really well written and really well cast. And I just, and it were just fun. You know, one of them sort of films where you think, well, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to shit my pants. I'm not going to be like, no, I can't sleep. Um, but it were really good. So, yes, Haunted Mansion. <laughs> that sounds great. I'll put that one that one on my list. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it pop, you know, pop up here and there. But yeah, I haven't haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So maybe with the Christmas holiday, oh, that yeah. sounds like a yeah. sounds like a good one. Um, my next one is Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Another A twenty four release. I don't think um, I've not seen that. Ah, that was so. That was last year. That was twenty twenty two. But you know, super fun. And I know we're gonna. You know, in, you know, it, it, well, certainly in my flops, there are definitely films that where I get a little bit um, pissed off without, um, you know, with those, you know, rich people, yeah. uh, you know, it's, you know, getting, um, you know, going overboard and, you know, getting their upcomings and which is, you know, which could be a great theme, but depending how it's, you know, how, how it plays out is, you mm. know, it's always a bit, it can be annoying, but Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was super fun. 
I say A24 release about a group of rich 20 something year old who plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion, decide to play a sort of like a live version of Cluedo, uh, sort of like, <laughs> like a, you know, a, like a murder mystery sort of game. Um, and then all hell breaks loose when someone turns up dead, actually, mm-hmm. and they all start to suspect each other. And, you know, it, it goes, you know, and as you can imagine with, you know, with alcohol and drugs involved, it's, um, it's, it's a ride. And honestly, this film is, was so surprising. The ending is kind of like absolutely not what you'd expect. So yeah, if you haven't seen this one, then I would definitely, definitely recommend it. And in in terms of, you know, a film that is made successful by the casting, um, this one is a great example of that. And Rachel Sennett, mm. who is the, um, you know, who's one of the main, uh, the, the main character in it, and is kind of a rising star in terms of horror, like she's popping up in a lot in, in, in more and more you know, indie films, mm. and um, she just she's just one of those um, young actor that get me really excited about that future generation of of horror actors. So, yeah, yeah, oh, brilliant! <laughs> uh, I'll have to watch that. Yeah, I mean, I I watched Clue recently for the first time. <laughs> oh my god, I love Clue! <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So this is like a this is kind of like a a, 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 a trippier 2023 version oh, yeah. of, uh, oh, of Clue. Yeah, I'll definitely watch that because I love Clue. <laughs> Um, so I definitely watch that. I am a massive murder mystery fan. Mm. People might be surprised. So to am it. I. I mean, again, Scream, yeah. Scooby Doo. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw a haunting in Venice, and I thought that were brilliant. I mean, it, it didn't make this because it's not technically a horror, but very, very good. Um, yeah. Well, my next one's from 2022 as well. Breaking rules again, um, but it's Holy Spider. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. Oh. I I think is a horror. I don't think that, you know, maybe it's classed as a horror, but again, that's that... um a social like horror? Yeah. 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 Um, And Holy Spider, if people have not seen it, because it didn't have a massive release. No. Um, It tells the true story of a journalist in... um, Oh, is it Iran? I can't remember which country. It's it's Iran, is it? Iran. In Iran, yeah. 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 Um, Who is uh, investigating a serial killer who's targeting sex workers. Um, and it is one of the most terrifying films I've ever seen, actually. Um, I went to see it by myself as well, and I was sort oh of watching God. it. And uh, I went to the cinema to see it because I felt I feel like it's important to see films like that in cinema because so yeah. many, so often films that they just get pushed to one side, don't they? And and a, you know, a streaming release is fine, but if it's got a cinema release, I always try and and go um and i think it's bfi who Mm -hmm. have released it so if it's on i think it's on bfi player now if people want to watch it um and it is that social horror it's about you know this this man who in a very very misogynist and patriarchal society feels that he's um entitled to kill these women who are we're already i mean if we think that sex work is demonized in you know uk it's Again, it's that thing of there's no supply without demand, but we don't demonise married men. Who are, that's a big thing in it, that married men are visiting these sex workers, but that's that sex worker's fault, not the married man. Anyway, I'm not going to get too far into this, but um, I think it's a very, very powerful film um, and it's it's beautifully shot. It's, you know, to say it's such a horrible um, subject matter, it's really, really beautifully done. Um and the fact that it's based on a true story just always makes things ten times worse, doesn't it? I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's super affecting. I think I I watched it because you recommended it. I'd heard of it, but I hadn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hadn't um, uh, seen it at the cinema. And uh, I I think did you write a review on it? I think I. 
I can't remember. Or am I imagining this? But anyway, you must have told me about it, and I, I yeah. ended up um, watching it, and it was definitely it's one of the one of the most affecting film um, mm. based on the true story that I've seen for a long time because it's done really intelligently as well. I really like that they use the opportunity of telling a true story, but to you know to use the point of view of that female journalist, which obviously you know that's that's a departure from from the true case. But you know to be able then to use those you know to use that platform to put this feminist message mm-hmm. in it is you know what's just super yeah super smart at just doing it's 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 a fantastic film in green. Yeah, uh, so I just um, looked it up so I could be a bit more accurate. So it's um, it's a Persian language. It's classed as a crime thriller, um, but I would say that it is a horror, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 100%. based on the true story of uh, Saheed Hanai, who uh, targeted... I mean, Wikipedia needs to um, rethink its policies here because they've got it listed as street prostitutes, which is an absolutely foul uh, term mm. but he targeted sex workers and he killed 16 women from 2000 to 2001 so although it's historical it's like a sort of historical film now it just really highlights the ways that these women who some are some are forced into sex work some are doing it by choice but they're really demonized by the community and by society and even this female journalist she's really demonized for daring to be a journalist a woman who's yeah. a journalist so there's all these you know this gender uh, gender politics and patriarchy and it's it's very uncomfortable it's very difficult to watch and there were points when i were like just squeezing my fists Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so unjust. But yeah, I would definitely say it's um, it's worth watching. Just be in the right headspace. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it definitely deserves watching. It made it also made me think of um, Tehran Taboo that came out in twenty seventeen, and yeah. is a um, again a it's, it's it's an animated film. And it's about uh, sex workers in in, in Iran, mm. um, and you know, kind of like yes, sort of a similar story um, as this one. And you know, again, like it's really affecting, and you know, but also giving voice to the story of you know these women and like not dehumanizing them. In fact, you know, very much you know having a very humanist lens, you know, telling you know telling telling those stories. Um, so, yeah. So moving on from uh, <laughs> now exactly something super serious, yeah. <laughs> um, well, another A twenty four release for me, but Talk to Me was yes. definitely a um, uh, well, I would I, you know not one that I didn't see coming basically because I, I knew nothing about it uh, when I watched it, but it literally floored me. Mm. Had zero expectation going in, and um, yeah, oh man, that first scene was yeah. <laughs> you know, just one of the. Yeah, one of the most horrific uh, thing I've seen for a really long time, and it really caught me by surprise. And the whole film was just so, yeah, just so surprising. Um, we talked actually on this on uh, on the episode, um, the bonus episode we did with uh, Melissa from Mayhem um, when we talked about the faculty and like the fact that there aren't a lot of films that play with you know drug analogy, mm. but I do something really interesting with them. And talk to me, one hundred percent does that. It just goes into into in territories that you you know you wouldn't expect at all using you know that um, yeah that you know partying and drug analogy um, and taking yeah. it to extremes that addiction analogy rather sorry yeah um, so yeah I mean I watched it quite recently actually and I'd been really excited about it and I wanted to see it in cinema and then I missed it because again mm-hmm. I'm old and I don't like to go out that much and I were actually quite disappointed by it 
which I were really, I know. And as you, when I saw it on your list, I was like, oh no, I don't want to be shitty about this. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I, that first scene uh, is incredible. And I think the premise of it is is so interesting. And so, you know, this idea about like the, um, oh, what do, they, what do they call them? It's like in Wicker Man, is it uh, Hand of Glory sort of thing? Yeah. It's like that Hand of Glory, the, the way that we, um, the, the sort of ritualization of like body parts, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. And I liked a lot of it. I just absolutely despised the main character. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it just, is that the only thing? Like, what what did what did the film not do for you? I then? think yeah. I liked the premise, the setup. I liked the idea of um, the whole idea of it. Um, I love to see like um, an Australian film. Anyway, I just really, mm-hmm. I always think Australian films are just you know. Uh, well, at least ones I've seen have always been like really fantastic, and I thought it were playing with that idea again about like disaffected young people. But what does that look like in a modern setting? We see a lot of films from like seventies, eighties, even nineties that look at that, but there aren't many contemporary films that are doing it. So I really liked that about it. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to like a main character, and I think particularly I don't like to be very particularly for women characters because there's so many unlikable male characters that everybody's fine with. But it's like, if I don't like a woman, then I can't stand to watch a film that she's in. <laughs> so I don't think it's that. I think it's it's that I felt that I never understood why she were doing things that she were doing. <laughs> I think it sure, was that. Yeah. It was like, you know, putting a brother, a friend's brother in such arm's way and then trying to, you know, just, I don't know. I felt like there were a lot of stuff in there that if if it hadn't been in there would have made me less frustrated by her choices. And then I might've, it sort of took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. I think I like that. That's the thing mm. I liked about it. It's like those deeply flawed, you know, characters and, you know, like the fact she's so consumed by her own grief that yeah. it makes her a very selfish, you know, makes her a very selfish person. She's just not present. She's just, you know, she can't, she absolutely can't be. Even like the way she's with her, with her dad in the film, I thought was really, you know, it's so painful. And, you know, it's almost like she realises, you know, the mistakes of, you know, the that she's made, you know, yeah. when it's too late, you know, the point where it's too late. So, um, so yeah, in, in, yeah, in that sense, I did, um, I did find it interesting, but I, but I, I understand what you're saying. I well, think you're definitely. right though. Like that, and I do think as an exploration of grief, it is, um, it is a very good exploration because it does show that, you know, that side, that selfish side, that self-destructive side yeah. of it, um, Exactly, I did like that. It's like, you know, usually, not usually, but, you know, there's a lot of film that deal with grief and that, you know, you, all you have is sympathy for those yeah. characters. Whereas I think with her, you, you can see how that completely shuts you off from other people. Yeah. And, you know, it makes you a very un- antipathetic um, person as well. So Yeah, and I think, I mean, I did, I liked a lot about it. So I, I'm not going to say, oh, I didn't like mm-hmm. it. You know, I did, I enjoyed it. And I really, I thought the idea were terrifying as well, like particularly mm-hmm. when... Um, she, you know, she sees a friend's brother, and he, and he's been so. Um, oh my god! Oh, yeah. it's so awful, and it's distressing. Like it's really, yeah. but even from start, that scene with that kangaroo, I'm like, I'm gonna have to turn this off. I can't watch it. I'm so upset. It's making me so distressed. You know, and it's unusual for a film to be able to do that. So it does manage that really well, I think. And mm-hmm. like you said, that idea about metaphor for addiction and. 
But also I thought it were interesting because it's that thing that young people do. They're always playing Ouija boards or Bloody Mary mirror or they're always playing with danger and death, aren't they? There's mm-hmm. a like this idea that you're invincible when you're young and you can Exactly. Yeah, and... that I, I feel is really relatable actually. Yeah. Because you know, as you get older and you you know, obviously uh, you know, you reflect on a lot of stiff stuff that you've done and being kind of like, that's just so irresponsible. But you're right, you do think that you're completely invincible at that yeah. time and that, you know, the repercussions are, you know, minimal. Yeah, but well, then, yeah. You know, but when they are repercussions, you kind of like, this is the kind of shit that, you know, changes your life forever. Yeah, well, I watched it with a few people, actually. We watched it in a group. And when they have seen where they're all going to, first time, they're going to do talk to me. And everyone, I was like, would you do that? They were all like, no, no. And I was like, I would never do that. Like, when I were a teenager, I never messed with Ouija boards or out because I were never sure if, you know. Exactly. What were going to happen. So just I, in case. Just in case, just in case. So, yeah, I mean, now we've talked about it, I like it even more, which always happens <laughs> when I talk to you about films. But, yeah, I do think it were very... Um, it was very good. And I also appreciate that um, A24 are now releasing like weird hand merch. <laughs> That you yeah, I know. I've seen that. Like, yeah, someone I know, um, yeah, um, bought it as a prop, and I was just like, I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable to have that in my own home. To no. be fair, but <laughs> and also in the way that I would, because I forgot what it was called, I started to call it wanky hand because I was, I was like, yeah. surely somebody tried to have a wank with that hand. One hundred percent, exactly. <laughs> That's when they're like, yeah. <laughs> talk to me or play with me (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean the 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 effects as well like the way that they showed the the sort of spirits and spirit side of it were really horrible really frightening um so it did do that in a way that i think has not been done for a long time as well as mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, that definitely... They were so gross as well, and I was just like, oh, and it's too late now, you've opened the door, it's too late. Um, but in an even... Uh, in a departure into pure silliness, my next choice is... Uh, Renfeld. Renfield? Ah, yeah, yeah, Renf- yeah, I have no idea. Ren- I think Ren- it's Renfield. But Renfield. Yeah, Renfield. <laughs> I always think it's spelled Renfield, but they pronounce it Renfeld. Anyway, Renfield, Renf- yeah. Renfield we'll say for now. Don't, don't at me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I, yeah, I can't believe yeah. I left that one off my list, actually, because that was, that's another one I actually went to the cinema to see. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant choice. I loved it. I mean, I, I'm, you know, a, a bit of a Nicolas Cage fan. <laughs> Anyway, she she minimised massively. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit. A little of bit of a Nicholas Cage, Cage fan. Um, but yeah, I thought I was so excited for it and waited for it for ages because they did such good promo for it for ages leading yes. up to it. Um, and we went to see it at cinema and it was just so much fun. What and, a return to form for him. It yeah, was just fantastic. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, you can see, and I know he talked about um, influence of it, but you can see that real love for you know, old universal movies and Hammer Horror mm-hmm. and that campy Dracula, that real return to <laughs> campy Dracula. Again, another one set, it's in New Orleans, isn't it? I'm, I think it's set in New I, Orleans. I don't know, actually, is, is it? it? Uh, I think could it, very well be, I yeah. think it is. Let me double check that because I'm sure it is because that's where he, he, well, he lived for some time because um, he bought that big tomb, didn't he, in- <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage owns a massive um, like mausoleum. It is, yeah, 
You're right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they moved to New Orleans. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love that as well because it's it's just so f- it's such a fun film, and the effects in it are brilliant. Like the fight scenes in it are so fun, so good, and so brutal. Oh, and really? The violence yeah. in the film is really like it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Like there's a scene where Renfield is fighting with these bad guys, and I think he rips both his arms off. Yes. <laughs> just in mid-air just sort of ripped his arms off and that's it so it's really gory but it's really funny and also i think you know it's really sweet underneath it's got quite a sweet undertone to it which is always nice but it doesn't sacrifice the sort of blood and guts exactly it's got the best of both well i thought nicholas holt was just incredibly funny in this and so was aquafina Um, oh she was fantastic i love her anyway (laughs) have you seen quiz lady yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much <laughs> it's fun. So great, yeah. I loved Quiz Lady. Um, but yes, all right. So are we on to your last top tops? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some that I left out. Yes. But again, another one that we covered on the podcast and um, one that I wasn't sure I was going to love because I didn't really, I didn't love the first installment of the trilogy, but Pearl oh, came yes. out this year. And I, yeah, it surprised me how much I loved it because um, I wasn't a big fan of X um, and we talked about we talked yeah. about that before um, but you know as a character study I thought it was just so interesting um, yeah it was just you know it was a really great depiction of the monstrous feminine mm. um, and you know just um, yeah just a great yeah just just it did really surprise me um, how much yeah, how much I enjoyed it and how much she was saying about, you know, about that character that we so, you know, and gave me uh, an appreciation for X. And now I'm really looking forward to Maxine because yeah. I'm kind of like, you know, how they're going to... Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm looking forward to it. I think, yeah, I had similar problems with X that we talked about when we did Pearl episode, mm-hmm. but I liked Pearl and I, I felt like as a as a study of... I mean, I love nothing more than a film whose central protagonist is a deranged woman. <laughs> yeah, if exactly. It's, is, is there a deranged woman in it? I want to watch it. That's my <laughs> rule of thumb. So I think it really had that... Um, in the same vein as like, you know... Misery, and yeah. if they did a, if they did a, you know, a, um, a, an origin story for Annie Wilkes, yeah. I'd love to, to, oh, see, God, to watch yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, a very so I liked that side of it, and I and I liked that it were obviously a love letter to old Hollywood cinema, and it were very mm-hmm. influenced by that, and they were obviously a big influence of whatever happened to Baby Jane on that, and which is one of my all time favorite films. And I, I liked a lot about it. The scarecrow scene, as we know, if anyone's listened to the episode, <laughs> I, I could have done without. But what I appreciate is um, Mia Goth. It is Mia Goth. I've got that right. Mia Goth, yes. Yeah. Her, her willingness to to push that, you know, to do that, I think mm-hmm. is... Um, I appreciated it. and I And I think... Of, well, I mean, anyone who's been on TikTok for more than 30 seconds know that TikTok's um, very much in love with Pearl's screaming fits. <laughs> yeah. That's audio that's used on a lot of things. Um, but again, that idea about being a woman stuck in a place that you can't stand with no way out and, and having to rely on other people to get you out um, is relatable. It's still relatable, I think. And, mm-hmm. and you know, to have 
such a, a painful uh, childhood and such a, you know, and, and to be married off to this guy who's disappeared now and... Exactly, yeah. to be left in a in in a in a place that you you know that you so desperately want to leave, yeah. uh, you know, just to get your life started, and every yeah. opportunity gets you know taken away from you. It's um, yeah, it was it it was just a, yeah, it was just a superb character really study, is. as I said, and and I had a lot of sympathy for Pearlie, even though she's an absolute, you know, she could be an absolute demon, obviously, by the end of that film. But um, yeah, just. But yeah, Pearl's a well-written character, and so you feel that for her, and you feel that um, it's relatable. I think to to feel trapped and stuck, and to know you meant for better things, but no one around mm-hmm. you believes you meant for better things, and the frustration. I mean, obviously for Pearl, it's it's sort of translated into malignant murderous narcissism, <laughs> but I think we can all relate to that feeling of like, this is not who I am. I'm not exactly, you know. and stop, and and you know, the, the, I think, you know, it comes out, you know, in such violent ways because she people refuse yeah. to, they keep refusing to see her, yeah. and I think that's is this is one part of it that I did find really relatable is that you know that self belief that you like you're meant for bigger and better things. Yeah. And and people refusing, like refusing yeah. to see anything else in you. They're like, you know, they've confided you to a little role and a little life. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they keep denying you. And, and boxed you in. And that is the, you know, the consequence of being boxed in is that you you rebel and you revolt against exactly. it. Exactly. Sometimes Repression. with an axe. <laughs> exactly. Or sometimes with a pitchfork. Or sometimes with a crocodile. <laughs> alligator. Sorry, it'll be an alligator, won't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good. Well, my last one, I think, plays into this a little bit. It's Husera, the Bone Woman. Oh, fantastic. Which yeah, did, technically pick. came out in 2022, but again, I'm not a rule follower, much like Pearl. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I really, really loved this film and I think as an exploration of the complexities of what it means to be a woman and motherhood and and being uh feeling that because you're ambivalent Mm -hmm. that somehow if someone else is more uh what I think is central in that film is she's very ambivalent about idea of being a mother or she thinks she is but really we know she's not ambivalent but yeah everyone around her is is convincing her that she is, and and her husband is very certain, and I think there is a it's an understandable um, reaction to to go with a certain one, to go with a person who's who seems clear and to have a clear plan, mm-hmm. um, and and the the complexity of that I think is done in a way that because motherhood is often I mean we've talked about this before motherhood the monstrous mother is often a, a trope in horror, but very rarely is it done sensitively and empathically mm, yes. and, and in a way that actually feels for the mother rather than making her a monster well very rarely is it written by a woman Absolutely, right and in, yeah. and in this case you can see that you know you can see that it's been written in um you know from a very sensitive perspective and you know and it works and it's just um you know i like what you said about the ambivalence that she thinks or she wants to convince herself that she's feeling mm. but actually i think she's very certain you mm. know she's very clear about and you know the use of folklore i think in this yes. um, in this film is brilliant because it is not you know in service of scares or no. you know just to, or to or, or for the abject or anything like this is is you know for you know it's very is to guide her on her journey yeah. of discovery and you know which you know is clear at the end of the film which then makes you know it as a, as a horror film very effective 
but it makes it even more powerful, you know, in his message by the end. I think so, and it is such a powerful, sensitive, sensitive ending. I think because, mm-hmm. you know, the the sort of the old way when you think about the films, even you know, films that you see, um, the 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 mother comes around in the end. You know, she mm-hmm. realizes that all her life should be given in uh, in service to this child and everything else, and. For it not to end like that, yeah, I would really so pleased. brave, yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the folklore aspect. There's some the body horror aspect to it is is really uncomfortable and you know quite like teeth, <laughs> like ooh, teeth clenching. <laughs> but yeah, that folklore and that tie to folk belief and to mm-hmm. you know old magic, old ways to women who know mm-hmm. how to manage the you know these old ways, and that that idea about women and and witchcraft and community is is really really powerful in it and i think to see it represented like that is really exciting to me i love to see films yeah. like that um definitely yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and 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 films coming from that part of the world as Absolutely, well um, yeah. you know doing thing that's you know cultural specific and you know does it in a way that is not in service of how western audience are gonna yeah. receive it i just think it's yeah it's very exciting to see more and more films being made like this absolutely well we've done the tops <laughs> let's get <laughs> to the flops, the flops. <laughs> <laughs> oh who's gonna go first then Okay, I'll I'll go first and I think I might make a lot of enemies with this one I'm not sure Um, (laughs) I think he was very well received but I um, yeah it did piss me off Infinity Pool by Brandon Brandon (laughs) I hated that film (laughs) honestly I just felt like I watched a a holiday reel of Maya Garth and Alexander Skarsgård that's exactly what I imagined them going on holiday would be like (laughs) and I wanted no part of it thank you so much honestly Honestly, I am a massive Brandon Cronenberg fan. I loved Antiviral. I loved Possessor. They're both mm-hmm. fantastic films. So I was beside myself about this film coming out. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård's in it. We've all got yeah. eyes. We can all see. I thought he's going to be good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. He's going to be good in this. Uh, liked him from True Blood Days. You know, very... Um, yeah. So I thought, brilliant, is in this horror. Let's see. Brandon Cronenberg, it's going to be body horror. The body horror in this film is minimal. I mean, yeah, I was going to say it's probably one of the least interesting aspect of the film is the body horror yeah, of it. It's, and the film itself is, I mean, I feel really bad because, like I say, I like Brandon Cronenberg and I don't like mm, to shit on I mean, people's no reflection work, on, Yeah, but, exactly, Lucas. You know, and we know it's not reflection on his whole body of work, but this film in particular, I think, was you know, a victim of its own hype. Yeah, it's a victim of its own hype. It's boring. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know, I feel like at points it's trying to sesame about class, but it's not saying what it thinks it's saying. No. Yeah, all. exactly, I agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mia Goth's voice in that film goes through <laughs> me like a knife, which I don't want to criticise because I get why. <laughs> and it's just my, it was like a sensory thing for me. I kept thinking, oh God, like I can't, which again, I suppose adds to the horror aspect of it. Yes, Because exactly. she's supposed to make you feel really uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which she does, but it was really distracting to me because I couldn't even watch a film because I was thinking, oh God, it was like, <laughs> which again, that's just a personal sensory problem. That's not, <laughs> that's a me problem. No, it was very much 
pushed in this film definitely yeah. the John C you remember John that game? everybody was using yeah. that point that sound at that point and I just yeah it was really grating Jamesy, on me Jamesy, like, it was the God. scene it was the it was the hand job scene that did it for me like I have to say <laughs> really like honestly oh I don't think I've been able to watch Alexander Skarsgård in another film since we have been like I oh, just just can't stand Jay like it's just it's such it. a fucking wet rag mate well the thing is I came out of this film right and I'm not a person person obviously we all know no one on this podcast is advocating for violence against women no one is Mm -hmm. but he's built like a (laughs) shithouse and he's seven foot tall at a certain point he could have just twisted her head off her neck and i was like why is he not doing this why is he just letting these people or we could just snap in half at will just like just torment him and and like you know just emasculate him and all this stuff. Yeah, I think that's the point. You know, the, I, I think one of the points that, or certainly one of the points that I, I, I thought it was strange to make was that, you know, that relinquish of any sort of power. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. it was very much, um, you know, men that was, yeah. I you feel know, it, like it were quite anti-women though, in a way that yes, made exactly me uncomfortable. Yes, exactly, that's it, about being like, oh, you know, you know he's, he's an emasculated he's a, yeah. you know, um, man. So, you know, therefore this is all he deserves. And it's kind of like, it's, I'm just not sure it's making the point it's so weird it It don't know what it's trying to do i think that's the thing for me it doesn't know the point that it's trying to make and you know so we've got alexander skarsgård's wife who's painted as this horrible uh controlling Mm. shrew who's emasculated him never mind the fact that she's bankrolling him to write a book right while he's sitting on his ass in in crete or whatever they are and then we've got Mia Goth, who her only appeal in this film is that she gives hand jobs behind trees, but she's got, <laughs> and then you know she's murderous or whatever. Uh-huh. A hand job? Why a hand job? Yeah. <laughs> why a hand job though? It's the most. There's no way to ever make that. Like, so the thing for me is, and he does, and I know that like Brandon Cronenberg's big thing is like the body and nudity. Uh huh. He managed to strip any eroticism yeah. or any sort of desire out of this film which i know that 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 um orgy scene is all like you're seeing is just bummels and tits and just <laughs> grappling bodies and it's so repulsive it's so repulsive exactly yeah yeah which I, you know i guess is the point maybe and it's I'm the sure, point but i'm I, sure that people who would have loved the film and is, are listening to this episode will be like you you've completely missed the whole point this is exactly what the film was doing th- and if i i get that yeah. it just doesn't work for me the thing is i get that and you know in possessor there's a lot about the body and it's about you know the sex being unappealing i think that seems mm-hmm. to be a big thing he does which yeah, all right, to a point, fair enough. But I'm watching this film and I'm not entertained. No, exactly. I'm not scared. I'm not aroused. I'm not engaged. What am I supposed to feel? I'm yeah, annoyed. I'm just, I'm just exactly. Annoyed. I just felt like I was, yeah, it's one of those films I feel like, am I, you know, strapped in? Yeah. I'm being made to watch this film. I had vision of... Um, like Clockwork Orange, like your eyes yes, just being... that's exactly that vision of like Clockwork Orange being like, you know. It went yeah. on as well. Oh, didn't it It was a very long film. On yeah. and on and on. And I mean, visually, yeah, it looks nice, fine. Brilliant, mm-hmm. wonderful. 
yeah, I get the point that, you know, you were trying to make about sex and the body and, and you know, the idea about the rich and blah, 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 but it weren't making, none of it weren't coherent. There were no... No, exactly. I, you didn't, I didn't leave the film feeling like, well, you know, he made, you know, even though he was uncomfortable, he made a really, you know, he struck a chord because he didn't. Yeah. I was just like, I no. left being kind of like, people are gross. <laughs> bodies, <laughs> are, the, bodies are gross. Bodies are disgusting. <laughs> people Keep are boring. <laughs> people are boring and bodies are gross and handjobs are the worst <laughs> exactly I'm saying yeah but we're very childish like ooh boys are icky <laughs> yeah so yeah it were a big a big disappointment to me and I'm pleased to hear you say that as well because I know it was very well received but mm-hmm. and I thought that maybe I had just got too excited for it because I was such a big fan of antiviral and possessor that I thought maybe I've just got gone in with too high an expectation you know sometimes you do don't you um, yeah. And I'll admit, first time I watched Possessor, I didn't like it as much as I, when I watched it again because I went in thinking it was going to be like antiviral and it's totally different. And I loved antiviral. Uh-huh. So, but but Possessor is now one of my favourite films. That ain't going to so, happen with Infinity Pool. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, check again next year or maybe, maybe, maybe it'll we'll be back cup. on it again. <laughs> yeah. So, Infinity Pool was also on my list. Okay, uh, great. So, we'll move on. Sticking in the family, Crimes of the Future. Uh, I have not seen Crimes of the Future, but well, it was just, yeah. <laughs> but I heard, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what's going on in Cronenberg House. Yes, exactly. I was going to say another Cronenberg. Post-pandemic. <laughs> post-pandemic, they've lost their minds. I don't know what's yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, again, I'm a massive David Cronenberg fan. Mm-hmm, and I love I his am. films and I love his body horror. I love the way that he does that... Um, Again, very similar to Brandon Cronenberg, obviously, you know, father mm-hmm. and son. Um, the way that, you know, you, you're looking at like what's the limit of the body and pain and, and endurance and the flesh being repulsive, but also like incredible. He does all that stuff really well, just not in Crimes of the Future. I don't... Just not in that one. So it's the one with Viggo Mortensen yeah. and Marion Cotillard, yeah? Yeah, um, and yeah I, didn't, I didn't get around to watching it, but I'm I was so excited now. about it. And I was so, and again, I wanted to see it in cinema. I didn't get a chance to, but I got a screener because I reviewed it. And it was really hard to review it because I really didn't want to be, um, I don't like to review things and be negative, <laughs> she says. I suppose she's just shit all over <laughs> Infinity Pool. But I don't, as a rule, I try and be, I like to be positive about things. Mm-hmm. And so it was really difficult to write. And it took me ages because I was, I was really trying. I was like, there's, you know, and there are some yeah, interesting, gotta find some, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's some interesting elements to it. Like, um, so idea is that Viggo Mortensen is is part of a and uh, is part of a, a pair the like artists and the people are growing extra body parts or whatever and then it's all that sort of thing. And the way that they they do them sort of scenes is interesting. Um, but again, it's like some woman I can't remember who. Oh, it's Kristen Stewart. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting ready. Uh, I'm showing off. That's what my partner would say. I'm not trying to show off. I'm trying to be really, um, really like <laughs> balanced about it. But she gives me the creeps. I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say it. I, I will like try. What way can I can I put it? She gives me the creeps. She's got a very off-putting uh, way about about her. So I don't I I don't dislike her. There's some mm. films that I'm definitely like, um, you know, 
bit you know a bit more of a fan but mm. uh, but yeah so you know in general her acting style is very yeah very well, putting <laughs> in, in this as well and i don't know whether they were making her like play it up like it seemed like she were really like amming it up to be mm-hmm. but she's and she's very awkward and and creepy yeah. and she's like slithering about place i don't know it made me feel right <laughs> made me feel right uncomfortable and so I, I just like wildly veered between boredom and and being like uncomfortable but not in a good way Aww. um and there's no real plot to it i would say I, you don't really get what's going off and then it's like five films in one and it's too long <laughs> And, sounds sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But again, really well received. I think everybody really liked it. So you know. I think it's one of. It's, do you think it's a case? I mean, sorry, that's gonna not not controversial. But I think some people, if they absolutely love Cronenberg, they mm. will have a hard time hearing yeah. this. But I think it's there's it's a bit of a case of Emperor's New Clothes. I think yeah. with, with you know such established directors, yeah. I think people who have diehard fans, they will always be kind of like, no, you know, it's kind of like it's an aesthetic, it's a style, you just don't get it and blah blah blah. sometimes you're like well you know it it also happens that you know not all their films are going to be brilliant and you know it's okay to you know or to to put your hand up and be kind of like i just it i just didn't get it i just with with infinity pool was exactly this like i just did not get it so i expect that crumbs of the future would be the same (laughs) and i think you know i'm i'm not a person who thinks that my view is the view so i'm always (laughs) like just weren't for me and that's yeah, fair enough. Exactly. Not every film is made for you, so uh, you know. And, and but this is our podcast <laughs> where yeah, exactly, we can yeah. share our opinion, uh, and so <laughs> that's mine. So yeah, um, yeah. So what about uh, your other um, another flop then? Let's shit so on another, somebody else. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Another flop, and that's actually I feel like it's a bit of a cop out because obviously this film was never meant to be um, a, a massive hit. Was well, maybe it was meant to be a hit, but at least it's not done in taste, uh, and it, but it certainly was not to my taste, and it's. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, I'm not saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, and don't get me wrong, you know, I, I, you know, if you want to make exploitation films, it's absolutely fine. There's some, you know, really great ones out there. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of, I like the idea of taking a well-beloved um, children's story and turning that into, you know, into, um, into a horror film. But it was just so cheaply made with really cheap, um, um, you know, with a really shit plot, yeah. basically, and with some, you know, really cheap tribes and, you know, stuff that you think in 2023 we shouldn't have to see anymore, like, you know, big titted women, you know, being, being, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, no, no, we, you know, I absolutely, I'm absolutely no problem to see big titted women. <laughs> Everyone loves <laughs> but, big titted women. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but like to you know to make you know to make that um you know so you know mm. a, a girl being you know getting her shirt ripped before she she's brutally murdered yeah. you know it's 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 just cheap and it's just does nothing and you know and i get it it's a b movie but you know it just it's i, I just yeah. feel like it serves absolutely no purpose and there was such a buzz around the film yeah. for it being you know for exactly those reasons for it being so bad but i think it feeds into the 
rhetoric of people who already hate horror. Yeah. You know, it gives them even more ammunition to be kind of like, well, this is why horror is a uh, is a shit genre, basically, yeah. and why we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't um, look at it more seriously. And it's a shame, I think, when you know this film, they you know a film like this, it just you know, it means that we take, you know, another step back rather mm. than, you know, people, you know, reevaluating the genre for what it is. And, you know, again, it's a case of like, it's, you know, it wasn't for me. And, you know, some people find it very amusing, very entertaining, mm. and that's fine. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not saying it shouldn't be seen by any, by anyone, but it's more a case of like, you know, have a think as a filmmaker of what you are, what you are making and what it's saying, because mm. I think you can tell those stories. You can make exploitation films without, you know, resorting to such cheap devices in you know in, in filmmaking yeah yeah i mean i didn't see it um because i i couldn't i really struggled to find a screening of it um mm-hmm. and i but i were excited about it because obviously i did and we the poo and everything else yeah. and then you saw it and went do not watch this film it's done shit <laughs> <laughs> um and and i and then i read a review of it that were very similar to yours that that mm-hmm. just said and it had got some clips from film and it was some woman in a bikini and they were going to run her over. And I thought, I don't yes, want to watch exactly. this. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's, yeah. this is what's so disappointing. And like, you know, I'm not, you know, it's really, it, it does annoy me to have to say, because I, 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 I feel like I sound like such an, you know, an old person has completely missed the point. But it's just, you know, it has no point. I just feel like, you know, it's so uninteresting to make a film like this. You know when you have, you know, it's not it's not about the fact that he has no budget because you you can make a you know a micro budget film and make it interesting and make the gore, you know, um, you know, super mm. entertaining and stuff like this. But it, it's more about the, yeah, the, the the use of you know nudity for the sake of it and the, this yeah, it, thing yeah. in it. And I think you know I'm not anti cheap slashers. Like, of course not, Em. As we were talking, I was just thinking about one that I saw a while ago called Trailer Park of Terror, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think forms part of this, although it's an offensive term, I try not to use too much, but this exploitation genre. But yeah. in it, um, a man is uh, boiled alive in a big uh, pan of oil, like some sort of French fry. I'm not above <laughs> that. I'm not no, above enjoying yeah, that. Yeah. You know, or, you know, like... Um, I like the um, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects films, which have that exploitation undertone. Yeah. But do it in a way that is not just... It's lazy filmmaking, isn't it? That's exactly That's it, exactly. Thing. And again, like to get back to, I feel like I'm you know, not um, expressing myself well. And some people might think that I'm like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't have half naked people in, in horror film. It's not even what I'm saying. Mm. It's just kind of like you can't make this the only uh, personality poem. trait. That yeah. They, yeah, exactly. Selling portal. You know, if you, you know, have characters that have. You know that you know that are there are characters in a film, not yeah. just you know not just a figure that you're using, yeah. you know, for you know for their you know physical you know traits. It's just it's you know it's I don't I just don't find it respectful. No, and I think as well, who is it for? Exactly, that's exactly it. Because yeah, yeah. I don't know many people who would want to watch that film because it would be boring, not because they're mm-hmm. necessarily... I think what I got from the stuff that I read about it and people's reviews is that it were like setting out to be offensive. They really wanted it to be offensive. They wanted everyone to be offended and up in arms because that's a marketing strategy that people use now. You know, Yeah, if, but it's not offensive. But it's not, it's offensive, not offensive, it's boring. boring. 
It's just exactly, boring. It. It's just one dimensional and it's boring. Um, and, you know, the, the slasher genre has enough problems <laughs> without making it into, you know, in 2023, making a film like this. No, that's exactly um, it. That's it. You know, when, uh, yeah, again, it's kind of like, it's not about it, about it being offensive. There's nothing, you know, offensive about it. It's just, yeah, it's just not a creative way to, you know, to use a story that, you know, could have been told in a million different ways um, on a, you know, again, on a micro budget, but, you know, do something, do something fun and, do, and, and you know, and know your audience exactly when you're doing yeah. something to be kind of like, oh, we just did it to piss people off. It's kind of like, well... Mm-hmm. But you're not actually you're not even you know piercing people off. Who is going to get pissed off about a horror version of of Winnie the Pooh? It's like frankly, yeah. I don't think it's as you know this can't be your selling point because that's just boring. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, in a similar vein, um, one and it is from last year. I saw it at Grimfest last year. Um, is Megalomaniac? Oh yeah, which, which I haven't seen, but I heard a lot about yeah. it. And I'm kind of like I'm, don't, I don't want to. Yeah, don't want to come um, across it. And based on um the real case of the butcher and monza were a belgian serial killer and that I, I mean that i think one of the dangers of that which i think is the opposite of what winnie the pooh has done is that it is really beautifully shot it, mm-hmm. it so it looks like art so people go it's art it's not art it's it's no. brutal violent misogyny masquerading as art and i find that more offensive than like winnie the pooh which is just yeah exactly it's it, all we want to do is cut women up in bikinis be honest about it don't hide behind the idea that it, you're somehow trying to tell a bigger story than you are um, yes. and yeah so, i guess that's yeah exactly yeah. that's way more offensive than what you know than what and it were really bad i mean i i you know filmmaker were there as well and that so i didn't i didn't say anything to him they did a q a at end because again i'm not going to shit on somebody's hard work that they've spent a lot of time doing but i were very i found that really really offensive like not even again boring boring offensive beautifully shot to look at terrible sexual violence yeah really exactly. brutal scenes yeah. of sexual violence that I don't even, again though, I sit there, I sat there watching it and I suppose it's same as like Winnie the Pooh and I thought, oh, is this film supposed to appeal to her? Because it doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to watch women be brutalised like that so realistically and so graphically. Mm-hmm. Who's watching this film and going, yeah, I like that. That's, you know, and I think it's not, again, it's not to say that you can't make films that are violent, that are brutal, that are, you know, realistic in, in if that's what, Ah, uh, you want to tell a story, but I just, yeah, I just think it's, um, it's really, it's it just once again, it's like it's just using the same old trope of like in violence against women. Yeah, it's just yeah. so like the Winnie the Pooh again. I think that one of the first thing I said, I think coming out of it, and I was like, you know, it's it's why didn't they use a cast of you know a full a cast of men yeah. because actually like you know it could have been it made no if if they're saying well it makes no difference you know if you don't if you're not laughing at it you don't have a sense of humor it's kind of like well you know if if it's all the same then why didn't you use uh, a cast of men being brutally murdered by it because you know if it's if you if you think it's all the same yeah. but clearly you don't you know exactly what you're doing you know exactly what you're doing by getting you know um you know women being you well know, uh, and really murdered on screen like this if we're sticking to canon surely when the Pooh's beef is with Christopher Robin. Exactly. So why wouldn't he be killing men? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Why didn't yeah. Why didn't uh, he kill? It were a Christopher convention. 
and everybody mm-hmm. there were called Christopher. And so he that would were... have been so good. <laughs> it <were laughs> if the filmmakers yeah. listening to this podcast, then maybe use that for the second one. <laughs> He were acting out. They were acting out the violent revenge against Christopher Robin for his brutal abandonment. Exactly, yeah. they let, he, he's led them to starve. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else have we got on the flops then? Is it me? Uh, it, it is you, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, megalomaniac. We've got one I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, oh well, barbarian. I've said it. I know everybody loved it. <laughs> I know we all heard me flipping and flopping about on episode with Nottingham Mara Collective like uh-huh. a fish back and forth. I like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't like it. For many yeah. of the same reasons we've just been talking about. I think it's <laughs> it's lazy writing. It's, you know, the the trope of the ugly, monstrous woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think there's some good elements to it, but not enough to warrant... Uh, it not being a flop for me. I no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, like I, I did really like the first act of this film. Yes, and me it's too. almost like it, it would have worked really well as a short as a short yeah. film. You know, to have that first act and almost to like to end it when you know that that the guys gets killed at the end. You know, to like leave yeah. it open basically. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no. I, I and I hear all the reasons why you know why you don't like it. I think it's it's fair enough. It, you know, I can't really defend the writing of it, and especially knowing who wrote it and who directed. It. It's um, it, it's 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 kind of a difficult one to to defend. Yeah. I didn't I didn't hate it, but equally, it's kind of like it's it, yeah, it's a, it's a neither here nor there for yeah. me. Yeah. What else have you got then, Claire? Now we're I've airing. Got... Our, this is the annual airing <laughs> of the grievances. <laughs> Um, I've got the invitation from twenty twenty two. Oh, I've still not list. seen it. Right, I'm interested. Because, well, yes, go on. I mean, I, again, like, it's kind of like, you know, I, I, I was kind of like, I had to, I, I have to add something. I was disappointed with it. Basically, I felt like it's a Hallmark movie with vampires in it. Are they vampires? <laughs> Which, you know, oh, right. Oh, no, no, that's all, no, no, that's all right. Because. <laughs> Big spoiler. I've got- <laughs> Oh, I'm, hang on. I'm talking about the 2022, the 2022 version, because there's a film from 2015, I think, called The Invitation, which is like a, a dinner party. Oh, that's what and I that was meaning, yeah. No, and that one is absolutely superb. Oh, all right. Like, I'll this, watch this that film then. is, yeah, this, watch this one. This one is oh, super, yeah, really, really great. Oh. No, 20, The Invitation from 2022 is um, about uh, a woman who gets invited to, a, uh, to meet uh, her boyfriend's family, I think, back in England, or she gets invited to come to England anyway um gets to stay at this mansion and um oh. and turns out they, they're a family of vampires basically mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah it, like I said a Hallmark movie with vampires um and he had some pretty good reviews to be fair people kind of enjoyed it and I was kind of like well, I don't know um so yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't hate it, but it was one of these films that I was like, I could have used two hours in a better way than watching this, you know, this drab, basically. Yeah, I get that because, um, I mean, I love a vampire film. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, no, so do I, exactly, um, which is why I was like, this sounds great, you know. And But this reminds me of another one I saw at Grimfest last year, actually, uh, called House of Darkness um, mm-hmm. with Justin Long in. And that's a similar thing. And I think that, again, could have been a short film, but that's got this very, it's quite a trite, you know what's happening straight away sort of thing. You know what I mean? But there's some interesting elements to it. Again, it's that thing of, I think sometimes films are are trying to, they're trying to do too much. 
Yeah, you can only exactly. do so much. We in a certain amount of time. Um, and yeah, like a Hallmark movie with vampires on paper sounds quite good. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Yeah. It sounds quite fun. <laughs> it could be cute, right? Um, but yeah, no, again, yeah, you're right. You did, you did try to do too much. Um, and it was taking itself too seriously. That's yeah. why if they, if they lean into the Hallmark aspect of it, yeah. like I would have been like, oh, it's a romantic, romantic comedy with vampires and, uh, you know, with a little bit of horror thrown in it. But no, it took itself really seriously. Yeah. And I felt like I was watching, you know, I don't know, like wannabe True Blood, but like, you know, uh, uh, but not camp, special. yeah, not campy not fun, camp. true blood. Not just, at all, no. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's a shame that because I think inherently, unless you're going down a really serious, uh, you know, vampire as metaphor sort of thing, yes, then I think just lean in, have fun, exactly, <laughs> have fun it with it, have fun with it, exactly. <laughs> if I mean, if Francis Ford Coppola can do a campy Dracula, then anyone exactly. can. <laughs> Well, clearly not. It's not given to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my last flop because mm-hmm. I only really had I could only think of four from this year. I mean, if we'd have extended it out, I would have had many more. But <laughs> is one that I reviewed called Werewolf Santa. Now, I don't want to shit on this too much because I do think it's quite an indie's like low budget. I mean, it sounds amazing. Well, but... Exactly right. <laughs> I was all in. If there's two things in this world I love, it's werewolves and Christmas horror. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I was thinking it were going to be like Wolf Cop, which is fantastic. And that's really yeah. low budget. The best. You know? um, and it's a, a woman goes back to her hometown at Christmas and she's not doing very well. She's like lost her job and everything. And then basically there's a werewolf outbreak. Um, and someone, and Father Christmas is real and he's turned into a werewolf. <laughs> that's the premise which again on paper you're like that yeah, sounds so good this sounds Absolutely. incredible uh but the the execution of it was um lacking i thought it were like and it, again that should have been a short film if it had been like 20 minutes half an hour yeah you know, good great fantastic but, yeah. you could have really told that story in that time but then it were just like being dragged out you know there were a totally unnecessary and weird dogging scene that i didn't really get um some of the effects were really good like the werewolf attack stuff were really good uh but yeah i just felt like it just fell really flat which were disappointing because when you were a werewolf santa you like yeah, yeah. you immediately think <laughs> this is gonna be a favorite let's go but no not for me <laughs> shame um in the well i mean the, the last one that i had was and i know you loved it it was cocaine bear oh, boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean everybody around me absolutely loved it loved it and i was just like this is a film with one joke and he makes the same joke the whole way through um i felt like i was watching an snl uh, snl skit and yeah. i love snl don't get me wrong but i was like for an hour and a half it was it was just a bit too long but you know it had some good moments so you yeah. know i give it that like you know, i don't want to shit on it too much um but um but yeah it just yeah it was a bit of a um, guess what this bear is on cocaine (laughs) exactly yeah yeah the bear's eating the cocaine (laughs) well i think i will admit to a weakness for creature features Mm, sure yeah i have a good yeah i have a massive love for any film that's got like a, a big shark or, you know, like mm-hmm. a snake or a bear, yeah. something like that. So I think I were primed at the pump 
shall we say, to uh, <laughs> to love this film. Um, but I really loved it. I thought it was really stupid. I mean, it is, but the fact that it's based on it a true was. story as well is just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I liked the effects, like the gore in it is really good. Um, <laughs> really, Otter is insane in this film, chewing scenery. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. Um, and I just thought it was just an entertaining romp. But I can see why perhaps it didn't float everyone's boat. So I think yeah, that's I mean, fair. To be, yeah, although to be fair, I mean, like, you know, someone told me, they were like, you know, you can't, like, what did you expect? Did you expect a really highbrow <laughs> film? It is called Cocaine Bear. And I was like, you know, that's fair enough. And, I, you know, again, like, I just, I'm just saying, it just, just saying, yeah, it, it just wasn't floating my boat, but, but it's fine. <laughs> so, well, now, moving on from the flops, uh, mm-hmm. back to our usual scheduled programming of liking things generally. Mm-hmm. Um, we Because we felt we'd restricted ourselves a bit too much, we decided that we'd have a top five of films that weren't released in 2023. Yeah. So, <laughs> shall I go first? Yes, please. Well, go for it. Uh, it's one that has captured me and I have written about it for various things and will be writing about it again, which is Dumplings from 2004. Ah, oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely incredible film about women and aging and power and, and mm-hmm. what that does when, you know, you're told that your power is just in what you look like and as you age, what does that mean? Um Absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the sort of political undertone to it is is so interesting and, and really well done. Acting's fantastic. Uh, the premise is vile. <laughs> it is. I mean, and the, I mean, the, the sound editing of this film is what oh, really gets yes. me. It's like, you know, when she's slurping. You can hear her eating it. Like, yeah. it's, it's a visceral. I think you have a really it's visceral super reaction. Visceral, yeah. 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 So I would definitely recommend to people. Definitely, if you love a, you know, yeah, your your body horror with body the side horror. of, uh, <laughs> with the side of slurping, that's, yeah. that's, that's the one for you. <laughs> no, really good. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a great one. I'd love to go back and, and rewatch it. Um, so for me, I mean, actually, this year has been really interesting because I set set myself a challenge that, you know, some people who are real cinephiles are probably going to laugh at because they're like they watch way more films than this per year. <laughs> but I gave myself the challenge. This year to watch the equivalent of one one film a day so oh, wow. 365 days okay. uh 365 films which i've done i've done i'm really oh, really amazing. happy congratulations and one, one thank you um one although to be fair like i'm not sure i would re- do that again because i feel like i've watched a lot of things yeah. but kind of like you know i didn't really necessarily absorb them mm. so but a few of them i did and part of this is that i was reading working my way through um killer Judy's yes. house of psychotic women and so you know watched a lot of films that were that were in, in in the book and one of them and i know you watched it as well and i know you love it was singapore sling oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is both vile and a beautiful film yeah. like it's just so i think when i first watched it i was like i had to take a break from like, watching <laughs> film from the book because i was just kind of like this made me like there's a particular scene the dining the, the, yeah. um yeah dining table scene that actually made me vomit it was just so disgusting um but yeah and you, you know if, if people have seen um call me by your name and they think yeah. the scene with the peach is shocking <laughs> watch singapore sing i can tell you you can do way worse thing with a pitch than you that. ain't seen nothing yet <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet exactly <laughs> oh yeah well you tell me about it i think or maybe i read it about it because um Obviously, I've read House of Psychotic Women, the Bible, indeed, one might say, <laughs> the Bible. of this podcast. Um, and 
it's on YouTube or it was. I'm hoping it still is. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And so I watched it um, and it is now one of my favourite films, which I hesitate to say because of what that may say about me, um, <laughs> to the point that I've never watched it with anyone else <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know how you're going to react to this film. It'd be a really difficult one to, like, to watch with someone. I definitely don't want to watch that with my partner. Yeah. I think he'll, like, he'll be like, you're fucking weird. Like, yes, <laughs> well, also that's my thing because my partner had said, because I talk about it all the time and, and so, you know... Um, and and he'd said that um oh yeah we'll we'll watch it and i'm like no that's all right <laughs> no we won't <laughs> you don't want to do that that's fine don't worry no no problem i'll, I'll watch it when you're out don't worry just a me thing <laughs> it's just for, just for me but also i do think i do feel like that way about it a little bit like it it is just a film for me because yeah, most absolutely. most people probably think it's disgusting and it's obscene and it shouldn't even exist and but i love it and i cuz i think it does that thing of like you said, beautiful and vile together. Yeah. And I think that is, to to be able to strike that balance is... It's incredible. Yeah. Exactly. I think, and to, and to, uh, to have a film that makes you feel more ashamed to watch this film in with people than porn, yeah. it's quite... <laughs> <laughs> It's quite extraordinary, really. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so, yeah, just a little uh, content warning. If people do seek it out, we cannot be held responsible for your no, Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. Do not, do not add us. <laughs> um, but also, probably, a fi- uh, I would say, one of the films that maybe cemented our friendship because we both liked it. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's when you know you as demented as someone yeah, else. Yeah, that's when you know you found your people when they're like, yeah, Singapore sling slaps. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, well, mine I rewatched recently uh because mm-hmm. I'm I'm writing about it um in a in a book chapter I'm working on is Swallow from 2019. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one again that does that really beautiful but um visceral and an uncomfortable disgust, you know, it, it makes you feel like um yeah, disgust. I think that's best way to to think about it because obviously, uh, if people have not seen it, it's about a woman who, um, she has. Oh, I can't remember the name of condition now. Pika, is it Pikaism? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, Pikaism. Uh, and so she she's eating various things, and like you see her eating various things, and she's in the, you know got this very privileged life but obviously as a way again a bit like that i suppose with pearl that idea about mm. being trapped but but rather than acting outwards she's acting inwards inwards exactly and, and she, against yeah. that pressing like you said because she's from a very privileged yeah. living a really privileged life to have it against that 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 yeah, that pristine, those pristine condition yeah. is just so much more affecting. Sorry. It really is. It really is. So she, you know, she's she looks so beautiful. She's so polished, but then mm-hmm. she's like throwing up blood in a in a marble bathroom. Mm. Like just, you know, it's it's really. I love things like that, which is one of the reasons yeah. why it's part of this book chapter of which Singapore Sling is in, uh, Dans Ma Peur is in, uh, Bones and All. Like these mm-hmm. these sorts of films where. It's women who are doing these, I suppose, disgusting things, but you can't look away. Like, yeah. I just think there's something so interesting about films like that. Um, and special mention goes to The Fan, which I've managed to find on Blu-ray. I managed to get it from America. So that's Amazing. arrived, so I'm going to watch that soon <laughs> and I can't wait. Um, so, yeah, but anything like that. Give me recommendations, people. 
absolutely for women who devour or devour yeah. from the devour themselves from the inside. It's yeah. such an interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, this one is uh, such an. And in terms of you know motherhood as well, yeah. it's a very interesting you know film to to look yeah. at. I think it's uh, yeah. Yes, and Titan, yeah. I saw this recently as well. Oof, so yes. yeah, uh, I mean, to be fair, writing this book chapter is giving me a lot of good reasons to go back and revisit all these <laughs> all these films. You made me realize actually, Titan, I should I should have put on my list as well because I was definitely a um. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, very um, uh, very affecting films. Yes. Um, I have on my list uh, another one that actually I, I I watched because you reviewed it, and I was like, this sounds so fascinating. Uh, it's Morgiana. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is from is it Czech? Is it Czech, Czech, Czech yeah. Republic? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. From the early seventies, yeah. if I'm not if I'm not wrong, and but like the, a gothic dream, right? Oh, it's, just it's so... absolutely beautiful. Exactly, absolutely beautiful. The story is just so enthralling. Yeah. Um, I read probably in your review actually that it's adapted from a, from a book, right? And yeah, with, um, it, and that the the, the Czech um, uh, government want, didn't want the you know they did you think he was too sadomasochistic mm. basically the way the story played out in the book so the um the, the director basically agreed to to you know to derive from the story a little bit but basically he had, he had the same actress playing both sisters yeah so in a way like any it's way more effective this yeah. this way um, it really is and it's it's just this gothic fairy tale about madness and, and yeah jealousy and revenge and it's mm-hmm. it's so beautiful it's so beautifully yeah. done and visually it's sumptuous like you just the color in it and the use of like the landscape and yeah it's it's one of become one of my absolute all-time favorite films mm-hmm. um i think sumptuous is a great yeah. word for it and i just i love all these shots from because so morjana is the name of the cat yes right? we, you know, the cat's eye view. <laughs> exactly, view and it's brilliant all the shots coming yeah. you know from the perspective of the cat moving through them through the room and it's just so yeah it's it's um yeah, it's just so surrealist and and yeah, he gives that a, a different dimension to the film. It's yeah. just really, I mean, it is, really brilliant. It is like a fever dream at points mm-hmm. as well. It's it so, is. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The soundtrack is, oh, is yeah. just so in, yeah enthralling. It's, yeah, so if you haven't seen Morjana, then definitely is, yeah. that's one we definitely recommend. Absolutely. Well, and one I saw recently, I saw it on Halloween actually at the Portico Library in Manchester, which is Ganja oh, and yeah. Hess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd been waiting to see Gander and Hess for ages. Um, and I'd reason why I got BFI player actually was only for Gander and Hess. And then I kept putting oh. it off. I was like, I'll wait, the perfect evening will present itself and I'll watch it. And then it went off and I was like, fuck, no. Fuck. Um, and then we found out that it, they were showing it. Um, meant to be. Meant to meant be. To, meant to watch uh, it on the yeah. big screen. And I absolutely just adored it. I mean, obviously that's a vampire story. Um, but the the history of it, of how it came to be, is so interesting. And there were a really brilliant introduction, actually, from the person who picked the film. And we're talking about how uh, it's the first film or one of the first films that had a black cinematographer who said, "We're not gonna." Well, I'm not. What the what they'd done previously is, um, like, just made all skin tones the same. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the first films that actually said, we're not doing that. 
we're not going to just, you know, mm-hmm. and so, and there were a lot of involvement with, with people, um, you know, people of colour as, as creatives, black, you know, like a black cinematographer, as I've said, I think the writer-director, um, and he also stars in the film as well. Um, and the casting in it's fantastic. The story is fantastic. And this idea of like a, you know, a man of privilege who, who is then, um, is like an anthropologist <laughs> struck down by a, a <laughs> an ancient evil. It's just, it's Cause, got everything. Yeah. It's got everything in it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. If you can get hold of it, because I'd been looking for it on Blu-ray as well for ages and I've not succeeded yet. So if anyone knows, if anyone's got a sauce. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, from one, um, uh, one film that you were lucky enough to see on the big screen to another, and I'm gonna, you know, do a little bit of promotion for us here. But uh, <laughs> it was a dream come true this summer to be able to screen Haxon yeah. with a live score by Memorials um, at the Nottingham Contemporary uh, this summer as part of our hideous thing inside season, and it was just incredible. First yeah. of all, to see this film um, on, the, you know, on a massive screen being protected and and with a um a very modern life score added to it um it was just yeah it was just incredible and be able to you know give an introduction to people to contextualize it to say how you know how relevant you know this film still is um you know arguably the first folk horror ever made um the first video essay (laughs) film essay ever made rather um you know the 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 ever re- relevance of witchcraft in our you know in our world now. Um, so yeah, it, was, it definitely was a, a highlight of uh, of my year to be able to to see that and to show it to other people. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a dream come true. Absolutely, and I, I thought that um, I thought that the relevance of uh, the way that women were treated, and obviously this uh, this is uh, were made in twenties, weren't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm, 2022, but, yeah. Yeah. Um and and it were met and but so at that point we'd seen this this transition from women as witches to women as neurotics and hysterics mm. and the way that women that the way that women are, are pathologized had gone from rather than, you know, state and government sanctioned murders, had gone yeah. to state and government sanctioned like medicalization. So women yeah. were being told that they had to be doped up to be, you know, uh psychiatry's influence on the way that women were perceived and you see that evolve through this film and obviously the the visuals of it are, are so captivating mm-hmm. it's still such a captivating film and a lot of it is like a woodcut that's just come to life you know when you see yeah. them old woodcuts a, a witches flying through the air with devils <laughs> and it's it's such a powerful film and i think it yeah to be able for us to be able to screen it was so exciting and to be able to to see it with people in a mm-hmm. cinema, yeah, was, a real was treat. so cool. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. Um, well, I've got another one I've reviewed. I feel like I'm just sort of promoting myself here as a <laughs> available for reviews, <laughs> um, which is Messiah of Evil. So I've realised mm, yes. I've got a lot of sort of like vampiric films on this list. Um, <laughs> well, well, when you go for them, the the, the best one in Messiah of Evil is definitely yeah. up there. I, I love it because I love um, sort of seaside horror as well. 
you know, mm-hmm. for, because there is something inherently like dark about seaside towns, particularly off season. And so Messiah of Evil is set very much in the off season. And, you know, it's a mystery. And we've got this woman who's traveled to this strange place to try and find out what's happened to her dad who's gone missing. And then it's, it's, um, very dystopian, isn't yeah. it? When she arrives at that seaside town, it's just like you have no idea when it when is it supposed to be set. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and just such an interesting commentary on on class as well, in a way that mm-hmm. um, I think that films, you know, like Romero's films, get a lot of credit for the way that you know zombie as metaphor for the for capitalism. And I never hear anybody talk about Messiah of Evil. And there's a scene like the grocery store scene in Messiah of Evil that I think is as powerful a, a, a metaphor for that as any you know anything else that I've seen. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure why it don't get talked about more really. Because mm-hmm. it's so dreamy. Again, it's that dreamy sort of um, psychedelic. Like you don't know what's going on. You sort of yeah. Watch it. It's really good. In terms of the setting, actually, maybe even though you know the the um, the plot has absolutely nothing to do with it, but uh, the witch that came from the sea is oh, definitely I love another the witch one that came that's... from the sea. Exactly, yeah. and that I mean, it's trauma. It's traumatic. I, can't, Again, I don't know how they made it. <laughs> I don't know how they got away with it but yeah another one from I think that's another point at which in the house of psychotic women I was yeah. like yeah I gotta I gotta give this a break yeah. because I'm you know this is just too much but yeah it really has that dreamlike quality yeah. in terms of the, the setting and that you know out of season seaside um, town it's yeah, yeah really yeah really spooky really, really stays, spooky. stays with you yeah but the witch who came in from the sea is, is very good but yeah again a warning for there's <sighs> there's some scenes in that and i think that's illegal what you're doing yes, i don't absolutely. know how you've managed to film this i don't um, know either yeah and so although i thought it were a fantastic film it would be one i would probably be hesitant to watch again now i know that that stuff's in it um, me too yeah but yeah well my last one is uh one that i had never seen but i'd heard a lot about and i wanted to see which is the addiction from 1995 mm. which is the abel ferrara film um american sort of vampire horror film uh, that stars Lily Taylor and Christopher Walken does an absolutely incredible turn as a very menacing <laughs> guy. Uh, a cameo from Michael Imperioli as well, pre-Sopranos. Yeah. So it's a very, um, and Annabella Sciorio's in it as well. Uh, it was fantastic. I think she went in Sopranos as well. Just everyone who ended up turning Every- up in Sopranos <laughs> as were in this film. Um But I really, really love it. And I was really glad it didn't disappoint. Uh, again, I think that's on... No, it weren't. I think that were on like Freevee or something bizarre like that, one of the free uh, channels. Um, and But yeah, it's really, really good. It's really strange. I mean, it's shot in black and white, so it looks fantastic. But it's such a... a, a Again, as a obviously as a metaphor for addiction, which it's not very subtle. <laughs> it's called the addiction. But yeah, exactly. You can go straight there. <laughs> yeah, and it's just watching this woman's descent. So Lily Taylor plays Kathleen, and she's this woman who's you know um, she's at uni, she's doing a PhD, she's got this very you know she's living a life, and then she is um, like attacked, and then obviously the vampire narrative takes over. But it's not like a traditional vampire film in any way. I would say. It's and it's very um like even there's no sensuality to the 
the blood. You know, like in a lot of vampire films, it's meant to be quite a sexy experience. Exactly, me. it's definitely not there. There's none of that. It's just vile. it's violent and it's brutal and it's um, miserable. It's painful. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very painful. And then obviously she's that you see the pain of not getting a fix, sort of thing. And I loved it. And nineties New York. I mean, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, I um, yeah, that's that's all that's all I had yeah. really um on my list. But I mean, we've we've covered quite a lot of ground actually. So um, I think we've done you know we've done really well. There's way more than we could you know that we could that we could think about. But I think for you know a wrap of, yeah. uh, of 2023, we've done you know the best and the worst. You know, yeah. arguably people people will have you know opinions of you know what belong in uh, in you know in which uh, in which camp. But um, yeah. but yeah, I think yeah, it's been an exciting year. Um, I think for for, uh, for for film and for horror um, and I'm really excited uh, there's some great release in 2024 that I'm definitely looking forward to to mm-hmm. seeing and um, yeah it's going to be yeah let's hope that it's another great year for cinema yeah absolutely um, and obviously if you think that we've missed anything good or bad uh, let us know <laughs> exactly please let us know um, yeah. and if you've got any recommendations uh, for things that we um, we've not covered uh, sorry, I've just realised as well before I finish talking about the addicted that Edie Falco, who actually is in the Sopranos, definitely is also in this film. So it is definitely a Sopranos cast and crew. Um, anyway, we've we I've got off topic again, um, but yeah, I think uh, we we would love to know what people think about 2023 as a year in cinema and what are people excited about for 2024? What upcoming releases are people desperate to see? Um, and as always, we just want to know what you think, really. Unless it's bad, in which case, keep it to yourself. We're not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Shower us with compliments yeah. or say nothing at all. Thank Shower you. Shower us with compliments <laughs> or keep your stinking mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's been such a, as we're doing a 2023 wrap up, I just think 2023 for Monstrous Flesh has been such an exciting year, obviously. A super exciting year. We, we started the podcast, so we've got a full series for you to listen listen to looking at women as monsters if you've not listened yet and then we had the summer of screams mini series yeah um, <laughs> loads of bonus episodes and loads then the of best bonus episodes. season and then, um, so yeah. yeah plenty to plenty to listen uh, back to and obviously we'll be back in 2024 with you know another season um loads of surprises we've got some exciting guests lined up yes um already so yeah looking forward to that and and obviously we'll be you know, um, we'll be in on all front. You, you know, the journal is coming out yes. as well in early 2024. We'll have more screenings, um, you know, more events. So yeah, yeah watch the space and uh, yeah, looking forward to to the next year for us. Yeah, so exciting. <laughs> so yeah, we hope everybody has had a wonderful 2023, and we can't mm-hmm. wait to uh, creep it weird with you in 2024. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly, creep it <laughs> weird, everyone in 2024. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Monstrous Flesh. Please join us next time for more discussion about women in horror. You can find out more about us via our website, monstrousflesh.co.uk, where you can find out more about our research for each episode, buy our wonderful merch and see our upcoming events. We'd love to hear from you, either via our email or social media channels. Also, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and help us spread our spooky word by telling your friends about Monstrous Flesh. But until next time, creep it weird, everyone. <laughs>